What have we learned about Heidi? But cockroaches were the least of her problems. Heidi had to fight for every opportunity. You know, Heidi is, even though she's very kind of sweet and innocent. Heidi wanted out of the slum, and her agent wasn't doing enough. Oh, my God, they moved Heidi right next to me now. Although Heidi seems serene. She is, she's a bit naughty. She uses an ancient folk remedy to help calm her down. Heidi is back. Thursday, according to my uh, watch, 63 degrees. I went for a three-mile walk, and it was so enjoyable. So many people out and about. Um, Heidi Glass here with Josh Gilbert, Connor over on the board, and uh, looks like we're going to have some warm temperatures throughout. I don't know what that means for the dog parade on Sunday or next weekend for the big grand parade and Mardi Gras because I think it's supposed to be in the 60s next weekend too and that usually means massive amounts of people at Mardi Gras. I was watching the Today Show this morning and Larry David was on which is, I do not watch Curb Your Enthusiasm but I do think Oh you don't? No. I do find him to be funny and he said something that I thought was interesting, and I just want to know what you guys think. So, Connor, we have that clip, right? Now, chat and cut is when you see your friend, you know. Describe it. Describe what chat and cut is. Chat and cut is there's a line, okay? And maybe you sort of know somebody a little bit. You met them once, and then you go and pretend like you know them very well, and then you don't leave that position in the line. Oh, they're oh. ahead in the line. Because they're ahead in the line. Oh. So you walk, oh, hey. Hey. And, and now all of a sudden, you're, you've cemented your place in the line. Are you pro chat and cut? That's a chat and cut. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever done it? I've done it, yes. <laughs> yeah. So my question to you guys on the Woods Basement Systems text slide 84126, have you ever chat and cut. I didn't know that there was a name for this. Now, I will say I remember clearly when someone did it to us. We were at You were, you got cut it in front of. Mm-hmm. So we were at the uh, in line for a show at the old rock house and It was a pretty big group of people that slid in talking to people, to people. And I was getting riled up about it. Like, how dare they? And then, because at the old rock house, it's kind of first, you don't really have seats assigned to you. First come, first serve. So that's even. And if 20 people get in front of you. You're really pushed to the back. Now, this one ended up being. A happy ending because 
even though I was steaming for about 30 minutes, mm-hmm. by the time we finally got to our place, the people who had cut in front of us were family members of the performer and eventually said, hey, do you guys want to come up with us? So it worked out in our favor, but it still I was seething and wanted to kick a couple of them in the back of the leg when they were cutting in front of me. But I was thinking then, I'm pretty sure I've done this before too, when you just like, and if you're like the the weekend that we had in uh, Mexico, there are a lot of buffet lines and you see somebody and you kind of stand there and you're talking to them and you're like, all of a sudden you just start walking, maybe not even intentionally cutting someone, but then all of a sudden there you are. So have you done it? The chat and cut? No. Never? No. Now, the only thing that I would say I've ever done is at a a concert or, you know, the football game or something. You walk up, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah, you're talking, and then they walk up, hey, you want a beer? Yeah, I'll get a beer, you know. But that's the same thing. It's the same thing, but it's it's not necessarily – I think what Larry's describing is you see someone that you – barely know and you go up and you do it intentionally yeah to cut in line that one's different i have not done that one somebody said when people cut in line to chat with us it makes me feel uncomfortable yeah because you're kind of watching who's seeing this right now but at a certain point you don't know as the person in back you don't know if that person was coming to meet them specifically no it's you know it's like, all right, I'll, you get in line while I park, mm-hmm. and then when I go and rejoin you, you know, that's no, people are okay with that. I don't even like holding spots in line for that reason. You don't. Why? That I might get accused of of chat impropriety, <laughs> chat you cutting, chat cut, you know, chat cutting. Yeah, I I don't know. I just don't like it. I, I, I and the longer I have to hold it, the worse. Right. It does depend on what kind of line it is. If it is, you're going to get a a better spot or some sort of discount or that to me is different. If we're all going to the same place and you've got your own seat, I I don't know that I care. What's the maximum spots in line that you can hold for a group? Oh, you mean like one person holds it for for 10 people? I was thinking 30, Um, but that's... 30's too many. That's that's the minutia that has made Larry David. Larry David? $500 million. <laughs> I mean, there's an episode of Seinfeld where they send Elaine into the movie theater and she's holding three yeah, seats. I was going to ask, saving seats when they're not uh, okay. assigned. How many yes. can you save? That's interesting because, and going back to the vacation, if you're at a resort... And a lot of people get down and save their chairs early. And with this particular, because it was a concert, the chairs were disappearing at 6 in the morning already signed. So my sister-in-law would get up every morning at 6 and go and mark the spots. And she'd save us like six chairs and then places by the pool. Now... It seemed like everyone was doing that same thing, but there was one day where maybe we had too many places saved. Uh, to your point of 
How much is too much? Mm-hmm. What's bordering on being too greedy? Yeah, yeah, being a terrible uh, human to the rest of our humans. Uh-huh. I think when you're on vacation at those resorts and you go down and it's just a white towel that clearly came from the desk or the towel booth, a white towel sitting on two chairs and it's noon, I say I can I can go up and take that chair. Ooh. You know? I would. It's like, how long am I going to wait for the? And it's not like I'm moving their towel. They just took one of those towels from. Well, yeah, but they're still, would you take your own personal towel? Well, that would make it more legitimate, I think. That you would mean, be like, oh, they could have been here at one point, but they probably came out at 6 a.m., saved the chair, and it's 11, almost noon, and they still haven't shown up. No, that chair is getting used by, by me. I'm with this person who was talking about the cut and chat and cut, saying I don't do stuff like that. I'm a big rule follower. That's where I'm a rule follower. I'm not going to move somebody's towel. If they're... I mean, I do think they should probably put a book down something or something else. Pers- something personal. But I'm still probably not going to move that. And if they come down and they say, oh, we saved these chairs, I'd be like, you did? They were open when we got here. Well, yeah. we, we put our towel on it. I, I didn't. Honey, did you see any towel? Oh, and then they're going to say, we watched you move it. Oh, well, you got me there. Yeah, you don't get to just hold it with no presence. That's what I'm you saying. Know, you got to at least leave someone behind Put to a, hold the chair. A, a bag down of some sort. Put down a, an actual towel that is that is your towel and mm-hmm. not just the resort's towel. You can't just hold chairs thinking that you'll get down there eventually. That's That's rude. That's the rudest thing of them all, in my opinion. Is that? Is, is to commandeer a chair and never use it. Hmm. So uh, it's it's these things. And in that interview, they asked Larry David about tipping. And I was, I was like, oh, because there's another Seinfeld where they ask um, Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother. He played a, a fugitive from the law. They asked him what he tips a chambermaid. And they had a whole discussion about tipping, you know, the people that clean your room in a mm-hmm. hotel. And I was like, this is the perfect topic for Larry. And then Hoda said, oh, we only have five seconds left. Larry, thanks for coming in. Oh, oh we missed the whole thing. Yeah. We, we missed the whole tipping thing with Larry. We could have broken some really good ground there. Well, tipping is just out of control. It was, we had did Uber Eats a couple nights ago. And it kind of says, do you want to do 15, 20? And Uber Eats, I always go 20. Just because I, they're delivering my food. They're going to pick it up. I feel like they deserve that, but that's already on top of a, a fee. You tip 20%. I do. Now, see, when it comes to things like food delivery or getting drinks at a bar, um, the pizza, I don't necessarily think the 20% rule applies. applies. Because if you order... You know, you go down to Starbucks and you get a drink and it's seven bucks, which is so stupid. Seven dollars for a coffee. They want you to tip them like two fifty because 20 percent or whatever the number comes out. Yeah. No, it's it's a dollar for a drink. Right. You go to a bar and somebody gives you four beers in a bottle that all they had to do was. I'm going to I'm going to I'm. 
supposed to tip 20%. Is that the way you feel when you're bartending, though? Or do you look down their nose, like your nose at them when they don't give you that? I say rule of thumb is dollar a drink. Or if it's a, a, you know, if you're getting four drinks, you know, a couple bucks. I say tip on the effort, not necessarily hard and fast rule of 20%. Okay, well, I do think that uh, is something that maybe has been lost in all of this tipping. Tip-a-palooza. Tip a, well, I, the uh, New Yorker has a headline that says, uh, has tipping reached the tipping point? Yeah. Which well, I thought was pretty clever. Our friend Liz says, I'm happy with a buck a drink. Yes. Did you mention that Larry David said he tips 50 to 100%? He said when he that, gets asked. Yeah, he said yeah. that in the thing. For, he's joking, or do you think it's just, you know, he made all that money from Curb and Seinfeld? It didn't. They were rushing him to commercial break. It didn't seem like he was joking, though. He says he tips 50% at the coffee shop. Well, okay. But again, the guy has $500 million. And he's pretty recognizable. Oh, there you go. And I will say this. I am more likely to tip more because I'm so nervous because there was this – I remember this so clearly. Probably 15 years ago, I was getting my car washed at Waterways, and I tipped. And one of the kids said, thank you so much. You know, there's another anchor that comes in here, and he or she only left us a dollar. Oh. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they are paying attention. And I don't want anybody— Going around saying, oh, Did you see what, she hey, stiffed us. You know that Heidi? This. On the radio? She she stiffed us. She's cheap. Did they say who the other anchor was? They did. By name? Yep. But you're not. But I'm not going to. Okay. No. Was it Mike Bush? No. <laughs> I'd say he probably tips well, if I was guessing. What year was this? Was it Steve Savard? <laughs> was it, not going to Was tell. it 10 p.m.? Or was it one of the morning people? No, was not a morning person. Okay. All right. Well, but there's a lot of other hours that go on. The These days, here. there's a new show every other hour, it seems like. People think that they're entitled because they've gotten up early and put their towel down. They deserve that chair. Our friend Susan said, we're probably guilty of chat cutting, and it makes me uncomfortable. I'm even uncomfortable saving places in church for Christmas mass. Oh. I'd like to see the throwdown at at church. I will say my sister saves ours every Christmas Eve mass because we've for years gone to CBC's chapel on Christmas Eve and we have sat in the same place and they just kind of spread out and save those seats. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone would ever get into an altercation. At church? At church. I don't know these days. Seat saving. Um but there is, I found on NerdWallet, okay. which is one of these websites that help you find the right credit card, help you you know discuss your finances, all that stuff, what to tip everyone. And they go through this, baristas, uh, food and drink servers, uh, grocery delivery. They're saying 15 to 20% to just about everybody, and I just don't know if I agree with that. Massage therapists, the, the lady or guy that does your hair. Yeah, you know, I, you're I, supposed to tip somebody that cuts your hair. Well, twenty percent. Yeah, I I I tip twenty or maybe even a little bit more on hair because we've just she's been with me for so long. Well, make sure she's happy. Not that my hair really matters, but right. 
I don't really get my hair cut that often. Um, Connor, how much does a haircut cost? 30 bucks? Uh, my what? haircut costs 27 bucks, and then I tip 6 bucks. 6 bucks. Okay, but that guys are different. You women it te- you're getting it blown out. You're the cut is a little more probably creative and takes a little bit more work. It's longer hair. I can't imagine, and you guys can weigh in on the Woods Basement Systems text line, 84126. I don't know that I've ever paid less than 50. 50 bucks to tip? Well, for a haircut and then the tip. I mean, I think most women pay more like $65 for a haircut. Skycaps, bellhops, and door attendants, two bucks per bag. Hotel housekeeper, four or five bucks per night. Yeah, I'm but, not as good on that one because that... But do you leave it out every night? Right. Or do you leave it at the end of your stay? Because the one person that goes in at the end of the stay, they're probably just going to pocket the whole thing. Oh, the cheapskates that were in here. Yeah. You know? The concierge, if they get you a table reservation somewhere in town. Oh, I've never thought about that one. Tip them. Five to $30, depending on... You know, how good of a service they provided. Uh, somebody said, just joining, I kind of have a $5 minimum. A drink at a bar gets 10 probably a little much. Steak and shake, wait staff, put me through Mizzou. Oh, my daughter gets so mad when I ask for water, no ice. She always apologizes to the bartender. She says it takes too long to fill up the glass without ice. Oh, it does not. Uh, it does not. And somebody else said, did you see when Larry David came back and punched Elmo? People on social media going crazy. He got into a, a fisticuffs what, with Elmo? Was he, I'm assuming, trying to be funny? I would think so. I don't think Did you can, see it? I, I, I saw did. the headlines, and I, I thought it was ridiculous, and I didn't watch. Elmo's out there asking people how they're doing. And did you see some of the responses on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, Elmo got a huge response. People, and some of them were, thanks for checking. No, I don't know how I'm going to get through the next... Some of them X, were, y, and Z. were very real and very sad. Yeah. Other ones were incredibly snarky. But, you know. Yeah. Somebody just said, uh, just be nice and a good person. Most people over tip to make themselves feel better. I can see that a lot, too. My wife, when she, she'll call me and say, hey, pick up, I put a pizza in. Pick it up on your way home. I'll get there and look at the receipt, and she'll have tipped them five bucks. I'm the one who picked it up. There was yeah. no delivery. So you wanted the tip? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Honey, yeah. you owe me that five bucks. Somebody said, I am a hairdresser. I think 20% or more is a good tip. I'm a man and I pay $40 a cut. I refuse to do DoorDash because if you do the math, food delivery is about 50% increase. A $30 meal can cost $45. Uh, this is, somebody said, should we tip our dental hygienist? These days? Probably. I, I bet it's coming. I bet, it, do the hygienist get it or does the dentist, you know? The dentist only comes in if you really need some serious work. Uh, my question for the text line, 84126 on the Woods Basement Systems text line, what is the weirdest or most inappropriate place where you were asked for a tip? And they always ask you this question, Heidi. They say, they spin the thing around and they say, okay, it's going to ask you a couple uh-huh. questions. And it's like, oh, well, what questions is it going to ask me? Oh, I know. Would you like to tip? So what is the weirdest, strangest, most inappropriate place that you can think of? We've already talked. When you go to the Hudson News at the airport, 
and you do self checkout. Yeah. It asks you, would you like to leave a tip? Okay, well, how about this one? And I don't know that this has ever popped up for me. And from the 314 says, it's never uh, been that way in the past. But for the five plus years, my plumber gets tipped $20 plus from the customers all the time. So this this person sounds like they are a manager or own a plumbing company. And the people, the plumbers that work for them. Yeah. Come back to the office and say, hey, they tip me. There are certain uh, companies that say you're not allowed to tip. Like, I've tried to tip, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head. And they go, no, 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 we can't accept that. I had a guy do some AC stuff for me. Um, it was heat, actually. It's all in the same unit. And it was like seven seven fifty, mm-hmm. and I took out seven sixty from the bank because it's in increments of 20 yeah and i just gave the whole thing to him but i wouldn't have done that if i had an even amount i wouldn't have said well honey you got another 10 i want to give the guy a tip i just gave it to him because i i didn't want to go anywhere and break it now see we have we have a, a handyman that does little jobs occasionally change out a doorknob or uh and he charges us in my opinion so little that we usually do throw in extra on that and i don't know that i even consider that a tip more so just a appreciation um somebody said i uh usually end up with a little more than 10 percent of my gross sales when i bartend at stiefel theater some people tip 25 percent, some 20 some 15 some a dollar so uh and i wonder that's the average thank god for the bigger tippers it's much appreciated now that we don't use cash, my argument, if you do have a, a screen that allows to be turned around and you can tip, I think people are getting tipped more. Because if I go and buy something and, you know, I, I don't have enough cash on me, I, I just didn't tip. You know, you go to the, the coffee shop and she gives you 30 cents and change and that's all I got. That's all they're getting. But now they got me for at least 50 cents every cup of coffee because I feel bad leaving them nothing. Well, it's interesting, and I this could go into a whole nother, uh, you know, angle. But somebody said when I was in college, I delivered appliances. I used to get regular tips, always appreciated for a college, starving college kid. And that doesn't matter who's behind the register or who's doing the deed. It, Weigh in on the Woods Basement Systems text line, 84126. Okay, this is a great point. Credit card payers may tip more, but then taxes come out when paid out on your paycheck. Cash is king, which very uh, true, and I've heard that many, many times. But what, but at that point, we're just aiding and abetting tax fraud. Oh, is that the way you're going to look at <laughs> it? The, well, it's the law. Okay. Uh, what about if you see someone busking or performing? If they're oh, good, I yeah. always try to throw money in um, the guitar case. If you ask Jeff Zufall, they got to claim all that money. Do they? <laughs> yes. I bet you'll see a couple of kids from uh, Grand Center Arts Academy, you know, part of Confluence Academies, which is there's five different schools, and it started rather small which is kind of crazy, back in 2003. And since then, Confluence Academies has grown as a 
public charter school from just that one campus and 245 students to a network of these five fantastic schools and now serving closer to 3,000 students. And you can kind of experience it, at least a little piece of Grand Center Arts Academy, because they are doing, once again, Confluence Academy's Grand Center Arts Camps. And this is really cool. It's where your kid will receive fantastic hands-on learning, not just from anybody who's picked up a paintbrush or stood behind a microphone, but these are industry professionals in the areas of instrumental instrumental and vocal music, theater, dance, and visual art. When we had the team from Confluence Academies in the other day, I'm like, man, I really want to attend this camp. It sounds so cool. The camp runs from July 8th through the 19th. It's open to students from all districts as long as they're entering fifth grade through 12th grade. Kids can do one week or two weeks. And it's just a small, small fee uh, for class materials that's like $40. But enrollment is happening now through July 5th, and it will fill up. I mean, this camp just gets more popular year after year. You can enroll today by visiting GrandCenterArtsAcademy.org. That's GrandCenterArtsAcademy.org. Growing up in a small town in southeast Missouri, one of the few stores we had was a Dollar General. But there is a dollar store backlash going on in our country. People are actually protesting with signs that read, say no to Dollar General. What's behind this push? Catherine Laidall, senior business writer with The Hustle, joins us with what she's discovered. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's wild what's going on in pockets of the country. I was going to say, is it pockets? Is it all over? Is there one specific area? So my read of it is that it's pockets, but it's sort of focused in the southern states and then a little bit also sort of running up the west. There's about 60 communities that have sort of pushed back in different ways against the the dollar store chains that are moving in and and they're sort of scattered all across yeah Catherine the problem from my perspective of being a small town girl is some of these communities need these stores yes which is part of what makes the issue so complicated like part of what the the dollar store chains have done is move in so that proximity is a huge priority. They want to be maximally convenient for people who live in rural areas, right? And where it gets complicated is where you have sort of independent grocers who can't afford to stay in business because they've moved in. But certainly there are some communities who rely heavily on Dollar General and Dollar Tree stores, which makes sort of figuring out a solution to this problem complicated, um, to say the least, and why different communities are sort of reacting different ways. Some people love dollar stores. There are TikTok channels devoted to all the amazing dinners you can make from the foods (laughs) that you can buy there on a budget, right? And uh, what kind of foods can they buy there? Because do they offer fresh produce? Do they offer stuff in the freezer? What what kind of items are actually on the shelves at these stores? Right. So this is also another source of controversy. Traditionally, dollar stores, as you guys probably know, carry more freezer items, more shelf-stable items. They don't go in for the fresh produce that grocery stores 
will carry. Um, and that's part of the reason they grocery stores are taking such a hit. Those items are expensive to carry and they're not money makers for the stores. And so because dollar stores are offering box goods in aisles, higher markups, lower turnover, um, they're more profitable. Most of them don't sell fresh produce at all. Although, uh, to be fair to the companies, Dollar General is planning to change that. It sells fruits and veggies in about 4,000 of its stores, and it's planning to increase that to 10,000 over the next few years. And so there is sort of a push for improved produce offerings. Um, what kinds of produce you're going to get when you go in, it really varies. I've seen footage of sort of you know, apples that look like kind of brown deflated balloons. Mm. And then on the other hand, I've I've seen produce hauls that look like you would get at any grocery store. And so I think it really varies region to region too. Um, but I know that this is something that the companies are are working on because clearly there is a need. And so I think one thing some communities have done is just sort of say, no, outright, we don't want these. We're going to fight against the development. But I think that in some cases overlooks the fact that some people really need these stores to be able to shop on a budget. Sure. When we talk about this backlash, is it more about just there are simply too many of them in a radius? Or are these stores doing something wrong? Are the products not good enough? Yes. So that's a great point. It is predominantly the backlash is predominantly community saying we don't need more and so in a lot of instances you know i read one statistic that blew my mind an estimated 249 million americans now live within five miles of a dollar store which means they're almost as common as mcdonald's um and i couldn't believe that i thought that's an incredible number and so what you'll see in a lot of places tulsa for example they'll sort of draw a radius bubble and say we have enough in this radius any new developers would have to come in with a proposal for a surrounding area um and then other communities have tried to fight them opening in court um one community in georgia called stonecrest just said nope we 20 is enough no more for us forever um and so there's different sort of legal battles taking place but yeah it's not necessarily generally communities saying no they're saying no more and it, the numbers are astonishing. $34,000 stores, that's more than CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, and Target combined. One new dollar store pops up every six hours. Uh, the, crazy. Yeah, the revenue for Dollar General now outranks Coca-Cola on the Fortune 100 list. It's insane. But you mentioned Stonecrest, Georgia. And it's a population of about 60,000. It's in a, a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. And they had a Target that went out of business, then a Best Buy, then the Kohl's left. Then they Kroger and the Publix grocery stores left. And a Walmart closed. The Sam's Club closed. But guess who stayed? The $20 Generals. And twenty the $20 General stores still remained. Now, tell me, when you researched this particular case, they lashed out and said, we've got enough of these things, no more. Did the Target and the Publix and the Kroger leave because of the dollar stores or did the dollar stores move in because the Publix left? Right. So this is 
sort of one of the critiques of these unilateral bans, and that is just because you say no more dollar stores doesn't mean a grocery store sprouts up mm-hmm. in its place, right? Like, um, so in Stonecrest's instance, they pushed really hard to try to recruit uh, other grocery stores. It's been an ongoing challenge for them. Um, but in 2021, they did welcome uh, Lidl, which is a German discount grocery store um and the community was thrilled like there was a ribbon cutting ceremony people lined up starting at 4 30 a.m there's a demonstrated need for healthy affordable fresh food um and so it's sort of um a simultaneous effort i guess you have on the one hand policymakers who need to sort of think ahead and say what do we want our communities to look like what options do we want to offer and then the other prong to that is sort of people going out and pitching these stores that they do want to see on why their community is an attractive market for them to move into, um, which is no small feat. And truthfully, before I started researching, not something I ever thought about. I didn't think that was someone's job to sort of go and like sell a grocery store on why they should come to you. Yeah, it's so interesting. Somebody on our text line said, I live in a town of 3,000 in eastern Kansas. There are zero stoplights in town, but we have two dollar stores. We're talking to Catherine Laidlaw, senior business writer with The Hustle. And I was wondering, I know Dollar General has also made a little bit of a push and kind of change their look a little bit with these DG markets. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, DGX. They look a, yeah, yeah, they look a little fancier. Is that part of the problem or the, I guess, resolution? Yes. So that's part of um, what they're proposing as a resolution. And so the newer sort of models, those will be the stores that will carry more fresh produce. Um, You'll notice like the lighting is a little bit different. The merchandising is a little more polished. I think that that is in part in response to feedback that they've gotten from customers where traditionally stores that have been sort of you know, <laughs> rummage through. Mm-hmm. There are there are videos on the internet of merchandise just piled in the aisles and things like that. And and the stores don't staff their stores particularly heavily, and so that can sometimes lead to a bit of disarray um, and and an increase in crime, as some people have found. And so yes, this is sort of the company's push to say we hear you and and we're going to try and tailor our offerings to what you're asking for Um, because customers have said like a lot of the people who are frequenting dollar stores don't want them to go away they just want them to improve Um, and so this is dollar general's response to that got you i'm wondering too if uh as inflation has hit all of us and grocery store prices have gone up has dollar general or dollar tree been able to keep their prices down so, yes, they're one of the companies, and I think it's Dollar Tree, but don't quote me on that. One of the companies did increase their prices last year from a dollar to a dollar twenty five um, but that change had been a while in the making, so it wasn't sort of a direct response to inflation. but aside from that, the companies have sort of really prided themselves on being able to keep their prices low, and it partly the number of stores 
all across the country allow them to do that. They can sort of negotiate because they have considerable buying power. They can negotiate with suppliers for better prices. Um, so it's a bit of a chicken and an egg scenario in some ways. If the number of stores gets limited, will the prices have to go up? That remains to be seen. And uh, another article I saw from The Hustle from a couple of years ago lists out a bunch of, of this information in a graph. These are things that cost a dollar at the dollar stores, birthday candles, shoelaces, toothbrushes, but it only costs them 21 cents, 22 cents, 24 cents. So they're making a pretty good profit on these things that we are happily paying a dollar for. But my question is, are they predatory? Do they move into Stonecrest, Georgia, trying to put the Kroger out of business? I mean... You would. <laughs> I'd be curious to know what their answer to that would be. What's um, your answer? But my answer is that, you know, yes, we've certainly seen that happen. They choose locations strategically, undoubtedly. Um, do they do that more so than any business trying to compete in a very competitive market? Um, I don't think so, but I think the stakes are higher when you're talking about people's basic necessities. And I think as well, we've seen over the last couple of years instances where communities and their their lawmakers will say, no, we don't welcome this development. This isn't going to be good for us. We don't want this. And, and the developers or the chains will sue to be allowed to open anyway. And when I see actions like that, I think to myself, okay, this is a business that's really going to great lengths to ensure that they can open in exactly the location that they've selected. And there's got to be there's got to be a reason for that. That's yeah. a, quite an aggressive tactic. Well, it's a yeah. very interesting article that you wrote. Great reporting. Catherine Laidlaw with uh, The Hustle, senior business writer for them. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. I tell you, we drive down to Gulf Shores, and once you start getting into Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, there's a Dollar General every other mile. I hate to tell you, that's here, too, if you're just in the right spot. In the right spots? Yeah, and I will say, I mean, we have frequented them, there, and they have so many great options. If you haven't been in one lately, I will say from when I was in ours in New Madrid as a kid, they've really expanded everything that they carry. You can run in and grab so many things. So you might be surprised at just how great the products are. And just very quickly, I think what points out uh, the Dollar Generals on our drive down to Alabama is the fact that there's nothing else around them. Right. They're just the only one in town. Well, it's really the staple of small towns. I can think of 10 towns right now that we have driven through that don't have anything, but they do have a Dollar General, and that's why I say they're kind of a necessity. It's kind of a breath of fresh air. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said, I didn't handle the situation right. It's something we don't hear a lot of in Washington. Andy Field, ABC News correspondent, joins us with this story. Hi, Heidi and Josh. Yeah, he he said that, and he said this as well. The American people have a right to know if their leaders are facing health challenges that might affect their ability to perform their duties, even temporarily. So a wider circle should have been notified especially the president. 
the secretary taking uh, complete responsibility for this, saying he didn't tell anyone to, to hide his condition. He simply didn't tell people, as he mentioned, including the president, although there are still questions about exactly who was in charge at one point, because we know that the second in command at the Pentagon uh, was out of the country at the time, and there did seem to be some confusion among top officials of the Pentagon as to what was going on and where the, the secretary was at the moment. What else did he have to say about these uh, drone attacks on our troops? Well, he's pretty much saying what, what the Biden administration is saying in every one of its agencies that deals with the press, and that is that it's not acceptable. They're not going to stand by and, and, and just turn the other cheek. They are planning attacks. They haven't said exactly what they are and when they are, but certainly this kind of advanced warning uh, is probably putting a chill into a lot of the folks who have been launching these attacks, worried that they may be the targets. Um, in terms of calls for the U.S. to actually strike inside Iran, which we've heard from Lindsey Graham and others, uh, it's unlikely that that's going to happen, mostly because Iran didn't do this directly. They basically are they have their, their satellite offices and, and the people running their – uh, terror operations in other countries doing these things. They're simply funding and supplying uh, the machinery and, and the money to do this stuff. So uh, the U.S. will more than likely take out some of these these major launch sites. We just don't know when and where, but it's likely going to happen soon. And, Andy, I want to know if there's going to be any punishment or repercussions, but am I the only one in the country that doesn't think that this was that big of a deal? I, I mean, the federal government is huge. The Department of Defense is huge. And if the proverbial you-know-what hit the fan, I'm sure that there were plenty of people to get in touch with that could have tracked him down. Uh, probably. Uh, you're, you're probably right about that. I think the, the reason that this has become a much bigger deal than most people think it should be is that the Secretary of Defense is, I don't know, third in line, uh, fourth in line to the, the presidency if, uh, if if something horrendous happened and suddenly our vice president, president, and the Speaker of the House weren't able to do the jobs. Uh, that would be the person that steps up to the plate to be the guy running the country. And when you don't know where that guy is, that is an issue. Yeah. Uh, he also has uh, some pretty serious command uh, decisions, responsibilities, uh, when it comes to uh, telling troops, yes, you can fire on these troops, and no, you can't do these things. And that's a pretty critical position. If he's not doing it, someone's going to be doing it. And I think the question is, who was that someone? And I'm not sure we have an exactly clear answer on that yet. Well, well you uh, made that all very clear. Andy Field, always great to chat with you. I'm very good at making the unclear clear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Keep up the great work. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Well, Heidi, back in the day on this date, February 1st, I'm talking a lot about Super Bowls because they all happened around this time. Around this time, they extended the week between the games and the Super Bowl. They pushed it back. They had wild card. But on this date in 2004, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Uh, Super Bowl 38. Where were you? Mm-hmm. Not even going to say the. You the, don't need to. Wardrobe malfunction. How about we say that's the first time I think I've ever heard that phrase. It might be the first time it was ever uttered. It became all 
part of our conversation. Where are you watching it? I was at uh, a friend's house. Yeah. Did you see anything? I didn't. I think probably just talking and yeah. All I think about. I was delivering pizzas at the time, so oh. I definitely didn't see it. But once they got slow motion and went back and looked at replays, then it became a whole big deal. That happened on this date, uh, 2004, Super Bowl 38. Interesting. All right, coming up, Big D joins us with your chance to win some of his money. I hope you'll hang out with us here on the Heidi Glau Show with Josh Gilbert on the Big 550 KTRS. Headlines for this Thursday afternoon, the first day of February. St. Louis native William Stanford Davis steals the show on Abbott Elementary. He plays the janitor on ABC's hit show, which will kick off its third season on February 7th. He landed the role in 2021 and for the second season was made a serious regular, a bump up from recurring guest star. He grew up in the Ville, moved to L.A. in 1984 and started to learn about comedy. He played a janitor on the daytime soap opera, The Bold and the Beautiful, so he joked with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporter that he's come full circle. I'd love to get him on the show. I didn't realize. I need to start watching this It's really, it's funny. I like it. I really need to add it to the list. We were talking about dollar stores in the last hour, uh, moving in and pushing out grocery stores and targets and the like. And somebody texted in and said, what do you think Walmart does? Yeah. Well, Walmart is adding 150 stores in the U.S. over the next five years, which is a major expansion for the retail giant. They employ 1.6 million people. And they say every time they open a store, they employ hundreds and hundreds more. Most of the stores will open in newly built locations, while others will be conversions of existing stores. But this says that they're down 100 stores since last year, and they haven't opened a new one since 2021. Maybe because all the Dollar Generals keep popping up. Or maybe because of that little thing called COVID. Oh, the pandemic. But if anybody says that brick and mortar is dead, well, try telling that to Walmart. Historic Midtown Buildings Eyed for Demo by SLU will now be saved. Two historic Midtown Buildings owned by St. Louis University were in danger of demolition last month, but they've been purchased by the Cranzburg Arts Foundation. Specifics of the redevelopment will be announced later, but the spokeswoman for the uh, Arts Foundation said that the project is a creative solution that will restore them to dynamic new spaces that support the Cranzburg Arts Foundation's mission of providing essential infrastructure for the arts to thrive in St. Louis. And Zoom, which is a private company, they contract with schools to provide bus services, electric bus services, just raised $140 million to expand outside cities that are already in San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, and Boston. And they said they want to bring... Electric buses to school districts to cut down on all the fuel costs. My question is, and we've talked to Darren about this. Darren just walked in many a times. I'm in favor of electric vehicles. I think hybrid is the way to go for now until the whole infrastructure can get set up. Especially after the ice storm and all of those all electric those vehicles Tesla's were stranded stopped. on the road. But when it comes to essential services, police, fire, EMS... The bus is taking my kids to and fro. I don't know if I want to chance it with electric. I think it's too early. 
Yeah. yeah. What are they talking about? The yeah. What are they talking about doing this? They're ta- they're already running in four different cities. Yeah, oh, they're already running. Yeah. Yeah, but the I mean, electric school bus. Yeah. That. I mean, the good news is they're not going that far. Mm-hmm. So the, the chances of running out are slim to none. Right. But they got to be able to start in the wintertime, too, right? And they have to yeah. have something to do with the kids if they are stuck on the side of the road with no charge. Now, this might all be just us old fuddy-duddies thinking this new technology. Yeah. But, I mean, any bus can run out of gas. Yeah, I right? don't think Trey. that's the problem. I think it's more of uh, the maintenance of them, the, the cost after the batteries go. The things me, we don't know. The things we don't, there was a, a battery that we just traded. It was 15000 for a battery for $15, one of these $15,000? Yeah. yeah. Now, we haven't looked in the aftermarket world yet, but that's what they wanted for a battery. So I can't imagine what a bus battery would cost and how these school districts would, would fund that. Well, what about this? I mean, let's just yeah. get into it here. My engine goes out of my car. Right. Half the time, or probably 90% of the time, you say it's not worth it to get fixed. That's just correct. get a new one. Correct. So why are these people getting $15,000 batteries? It's not worth it. Get a it's new one. It's not worth it. Get right. a new right. one. Yeah. Then you still got a car with a bad battery. Mm-hmm. That somebody's got to, you know, there's not that much room for the dealer to go, okay, we can absorb that. You know, let's just figure this out. That's what I don't understand yet. Everyone that's bought these cars, and now we're trying to sell them to people that maybe can't afford them mm-hmm. or are tiptoeing into the electric world, and they don't know what's on the other side of this. So that's going to be the scary thing. McGraw had Baldy Electric out to his house yesterday <laughs> yeah. to get, uh, he's got an electric now. But it's a hybrid, so isn't it's it? A, yeah, it's yeah. a hybrid. Yeah. Uh, but I said, you've had this thing for like two months. Well, how are you just now getting the electric to come out there? And he said, well, I've just been plugging it into the regular wall. <laughs> well, that doesn't, I mean. Apparently, you plug it into the right electric setup, it charges, what, in 20, 30 minutes? Yeah, you that's plug just it taking 20 or 30 days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said it takes three or four hours. Yeah. Did he not know that when he bought it? No, and- I'm sure he was just getting around to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's busy woodworking. Yeah, that's right. Gosh. Whittling, probably. Yeah. He's yeah. got an electric saw. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, my drill's electric, right? Mm-hmm. All right, more with Big D after a quick break. I feel like it's been so long since I've seen you. I just want to wrap around my arms well, around you and give you've been you a big old hug. We've been working. You've been gone. I, I know, but I had okay. a better time than you did. I, I saw him on Saturday. Oh, what he were did. you doing? I texted him on Sunday and you said, did. hey, you want to come watch the football game? And he denied me three times. Oh, you know what happens. Yeah. Hit the bread button. Deny me three times. Wow. So you're hanging out with Josh and not me these days? Well, he's just, you know, he's easy. Mm-hmm. To get I, a hold of. I dropped <laughs> my car off uh, to get an oil change and, and have some On a Saturday? Done. Yeah, and then we ran some errands. And, yeah. I mean, halfway through the errands, they called me back and said, it's done. Yeah. On That's a Saturday. So, work at HWPS. he shows up with a case of crumble cookies. Crumble oh. cookies. Yeah. He's a crumbling cookie guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody likes cookies, yeah. right? Yeah, Should good. I show yeah, up I mean, with a, a stack of burgers? Yeah. Either yeah. one's good, but cookies were yeah. good. No, it was good. Uh, Rich's Famous Burgers got a shout-out on Channel 5 yeah, last you told night. Me that. that. was awesome. I don't know who that guy was. It was some restaurant that... Yeah, what's the story? Yeah, Country... Was it Bob's? It's called Uncle... No, Country Bob's. Yeah, something Bob's. Yeah, Country Bob's, something home cooking, yeah. Yeah. whatever you want to call Kitchen. it. And they Kitchen. were on the verge of closing, they and they were. said that the and community... He, yeah, he put a Facebook out, this real uh, heartfelt... Almost crying. I was going to close down, blah, 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 blah. And I was telling Josh this. And so we decided that we would donate 10% of our earnings to him. 
from Riches? From Riches, from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we did. You're not even on Facebook. Who brought this to you? Well, I'm not. My brother is. Yeah, okay. And he said, hey, look at him. And he sent it to me. And it's like, yeah, this guy's struggling. Anyway, we went ahead and put on Facebook that we will donate anything. Any, anybody that comes in from the community will donate 10% of ours. And we took him a check on Sunday or Monday. Monday, we took him a check. How much? For that. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good amount. I think yeah. it was. I think it was a couple thousand dollars for just a weekend. So that means whatever we tend, we can do the math. That's all you want to know is how much we did. Yeah, he so always wants the numbers. Just back into ten percent of well, two thousand. Well, you. you Are see. you going to get like a plaque or something? I don't think so. But it, Heidi said it was on Channel yeah, Five. They, he mentioned. He said, you know, we couldn't have done this without uh, yeah. riches. So I was like, what? What's going on here? Well, Wait, cool. What's your brother's name again? Jason. Jason. Yeah. He said we couldn't have done it without Jason, Jason Woodford. Wow, <laughs> that's not his last name. Remember? <laughs> oh, I don't know my dad. Oh, Jason has a dad. He's dead. I did. You always bring this up. Yeah, he did. Of course he did. You know we have different names. We don't know who our dads are. Yeah, it's okay. As long as you had a good life, God bless you. You're doing a lot better than I am, (laughs) frankly. So maybe I wish. I've just got nicer (laughs) shoes than you. That's really it. That's my shoe game. Oh, (laughs) boy. What is going on at the uh, dealership, your other job? Well, I would say this. Um, We're not busy enough. You know, we're in that part. Would you ever say you're too busy? He no, did during really, COVID. Yeah, I mean, COVID was a different thing. Yeah, you know, every, yeah, that's true. Um, oh, Johnny's here. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's just funny, isn't it? It is funny. Thank mm-hmm. you. Anyway, how do you answer your question, which I forgot what it was now. Uh, do you remember, Josh? Yeah. Because I don't. He no. asked if you're ever too busy. Is yeah. what he asked. What did you asked. ask? Yeah, what I, Heidi asked. I was just saying, how are things? And oh, you said okay. you're not busy enough. Yeah, you're not busy enough. But you know, we have gotten ourselves in a little bit of a pickle because during COVID, didn't have a lot of cars, so you just we're ramping back up. We need more inventory, but we're discounting like we've got thousands of cars, and that that doesn't sit well when you don't sell many and you discount down to nothing. You, there ain't much left, right? So we're just ramping up. We got more cars, and we were on the phone last night, <clears throat> believe it or not, with our factory, the, our reps, until 9 or 10 o'clock last night asking for cars because it's the end of the month, and that's the time uh. to do it. So we got another 20 extra cars. So this month we'll wind up with about 68 cars, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's growing that inventory and getting bigger and bigger. So I think I've said by mid to late spring, first of summer, we'll wind up with 80, 90 cars on the lot, and we'll be back to kind of normal for us. So is now... A good time oh, yeah. to buy a oh, car for anybody listening? Tell, even if it's not from me. I hope it is, but if it's not, yeah, there's deals to be had. The manufacturer's got deals, and we'll sell it. We'll just come and get it. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've never been in sales, but it always seems like... Well, that's the, fear-based, you know, right? Yeah. Okay. We've I'm talked af- about this. I'm afraid of rejection. You're afraid. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, Let's try one. Bring. Hello, what do you need, Josh? Hi, this is Josh. I'm just Gil- not interested. But, but thanks for calling. <laughs> but that's how his sales goes. And that's that's yeah. an example. And, and here's how. Bring. Hello. How huh? should you do it? Well, what are we doing? What's the? Am I the salesperson? You're the salesperson. Oh, what, what am I selling? Car. Yeah, car. Hi, hi, Heidi. How are you? I'm good. I noticed I, you sent in the lead on this 2022 Kia Soul. Is that something you're interested in? I don't know. I was just kind of a, a fluke and didn't start in the shop. Yeah, what are you driving look, now? Uh, BMW. Well, that's a big change. Can I ask why you've lived from a BMW to a Soul? Has something changed? Well, I was actually looking at Telluride because I drove my mom and dad's the other day. Okay, and you got her. Holy I, cow. Yeah, What'd you think of it? I, I loved it's it. a different experience. Okay, get, but do you see the, even the way he treated me? Get the paperwork Let's try it one more time. Okay. 
Hello. No, my problem is that on the, on the second ring, Hello? I hang up because I'm too afraid. <laughs> That's what I get that phone. I can't even get him on the phone. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, never worked in sales, but it always seems like at the end of the year, everybody's pushing, pushing, they pushing. Are, at the real. end of the month, everybody's pushing, pushing. That's real. If they would only have that drive at the beginning of the month, uh, they could yes. put their feet up on January yeah, 30th. Yeah, but we've, we've trained the general public to think that the deals come at the end. Really? I mean, years ago, it's always been the end of the month close. you got to do this. It's not that big of a deal anymore, but it's still out there, especially the end of the year is for sure. End of the month, not a big a deal, but we still live and die by the month. Yeah. We just try to. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. We do. We do. Yeah. Do so, you give big speeches? On the floor, like do you I lock try the to, doors? I, at, well, at no, I, mean, I try and, to when we have a meeting, make it memorable to enough that it's not boring. Yeah, you know, I try. Yeah, put on the the sweater with the whistle. You know, oh, you're those like kind. You yeah, like the right, coach? Right, yeah, he's got that sign. Cardigan, believe, yeah. believe yeah. Yes. <laughs> We are the champions. Play yeah. the music. Yeah, yeah. no, we kind of pump them up. A little rocky. No, we try to. I mean, you, if you're going to have a meeting, make it somewhat useful. Worthwhile. And don't do it. You yeah, know? it's like when you make a phone call. If it's not. If, you, if you're making a phone call to a customer, it better have some meaning to it, or why make it? Yeah, yeah. it's got to have a, a, a. There's got to be a tactic there, whatever that is. You know, to, to call them. Are you a leader in the sense of you do group meetings, or you bring people in I one do on both, one, depending on the conversation, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's something personal, you got to go one on one typically. But you like, I like doing groups because then you can feed off each other. And really learn from somebody else's experience, too. We go around the room and talk. So, And we're trying right now. We've got a consultant for service trying to get us to the next level. But the, the words they use, and I've been, I'm getting T-shirts made, it's world-class experience. And if oh. you give somebody that, and that's a hard word to live up to. But if you give somebody that, you're going to be in pretty good shape. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to deliver that every day to the employees and to the customer. And if we do that, everything else takes care of. We'll sell cars. And you're we'll talking about cars. selling cars, service, every, everything. Every single thing. If they call in and they lost their title, how do we act? Like they're a pain? Or do we say, you know what, let me help you. And that's what we're, and not that we didn't do good, but I'm telling you, COVID, I hate to keep using that, but it got everybody lazy. Yeah. It's just a little bit of just caring. And, 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 I'm, and, I, and I'm not bragging. I... Don't think it happened to me as bad as others, but it probably did a little bit, you know, and I need to snap out of it, too, a little bit. So hmm. for all of it, I think it just happens and wow. you got to recognize it. And we're going to we're taking the time. And every time somebody does something at the store, we'll go world class experience if it, if they're off the button yeah. a little bit. So we're just trying to pump everybody up. Well, let me tell you, I was in on Saturday yeah. and I had a yeah. world Did you? class experience. See? Look at that. See? Did you? Mm-hmm. There you go. It's working. It works. Yeah. All right, we got to get somebody on the line because we are going to give away some of Big D's money. You know the uh, phone number by now, 314-931-5877. Back with the Big D's money and your chance to win after this. Well, who doesn't love the 80s? And the music... I don't know about you guys. It's pretty distinct, don't you think? I love it. Yeah. So I uh, I thought there's some songs that you could name within like five mm. seconds. That's what we're going to do today. Hopefully Don can name these songs in about five, ten seconds. Hey, Don, how's it going? I'm doing okay till you said the 80s, but oh. we'll, we'll see what we can oh. do here. All right, well, I'm more Don, of a 70s guy. Well, that's you good, are? too. I that's mean, good. yeah, that's some good stuff. A little yacht rock <laughs> as far as that goes. You know, Don, uh, Darren always starts us off with a question or two. Hey, Don, when did you lose your, I mean, what, where did, <laughs> what, uh, where'd you grow up at? 
I lost it in Kentucky. Oh! And, uh, I grew up on Forest uh, in Ferguson. Well, there's oh. one right there. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that worth 100 bucks? Oh, that's worth 100 Josh lost his on a milk farm, didn't you say that? No, no I, was that was somebody else. Oh, okay. uh, Don, did you, um, what were your cross streets? Uh, Forest, uh, right at... Right at Chambers. Oh, okay. that's mine. Okay, yeah. St. John and James. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. You know, is that the church there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Man, my mom went there. Did she? Yeah. Oh. Uh, have you heard the show before? Did you know you were going to win 100 bucks for saying that? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. I like it. <laughs> right. I like it's it. honesty there, and these North <laughs> yeah. County guys are honest. Uh, yeah, very Salt of the earth. honest. Yeah. Salt of the earth. All right, so let's go $50 a song, shall okay, we? shall we? All right, this is one of my favorites of all time. Tell me if you can name this tune, Don. Let's go. Oh, my God. Isn't it a good one? Yeah. You got this down or you need help? Uh, I'm lost, kind of. We're going to get All you All right, yeah, we will. I mean, because uh, uh, one of these yeah. is coming up. Uh, we had one. Fall apart. Mm-hmm. Never yep. coming back. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying, you know, when all of a sudden... The sun disappears. Wait, what year was that? Oh. Like six years ago? And you had that the. Was recent. There's another one coming. coming up. And you can go see oh. it in certain parts of. That's a car. Yeah. Johnny sells those. He does. He does. They're going to fly off the lot. <laughs> Uh, That's all right. Fifteen nine ninety five. I own the building a lot, and I don't. I've got a mortgage yeah. and everything. Yeah. So come see me. Would you make more money if you own the building a lot? I don't know if I'd oh, make more. I am, I'm so lost on this. Yeah. Uh, it starts with an E. Mm-hmm. It's not an equinox, but it's another E sun term. It is. And, uh, well, we all have one of these. Who says it, Bonnie? Bonnie uh, Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. Which, yeah. what happened to her? Is that the only song she ever I had? I think she was in an airplane accident. No. <laughs> no, you made that up. I did, but wasn't she? I don't know. No, or a train. Did, did I, she do, uh, she got crushed I by something. Is that Bonnie Tyler? Hero. No, it was a train. A train. It was a train derailment. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, she, did. she did do that song, Josh. See? Holding okay. out for a hero. I yeah. wish I could do it. I, I don't well, think I can pull it out. I, oh. I, I think you can. We're going to help yeah, you here. This, yeah. If not, I'm sure somebody on our text line, because that's <laughs> such a good one. I mean, don't you just know it with those mm-hmm. few little... Uh, maybe if you play a little more, he yeah, may know it. Let's I mean, see. Maybe there's a secret in the song. Here we go. Anything, Don? <laughs> Nothing here. Like I said, it, it's the 80s. Uh, I wasn't yeah. a big fan of them. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. What happens when the earth moves in between the, the moon and the sun? Oh. Right? Equator? Talk- no, no it's, it's another E word, but yeah. not quite. We're getting closer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a couple of people, you know, say... Eclipse. Somebody says, just give it to him. Total oh, eclipse of the heart. Actually, there we I go. meant to say eclipse. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Whenever yeah. I said equinox. Yeah. 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 He was. I mean, almost I just heard somebody talking about it on the radio today. We've got a couple people on the text line helping you out, so you're getting your $50, go. Don. Uh, Bonnie Tyler, right. 72 well, years you. old, still alive. She is alive. Okay, yes. my bad.
Now I'm, I'm worried because I, I I don't know how Don's gonna do with this next one. a different Bonnie Tyler, Josh. I'm not uh, sure it was the singer. All right, I yeah. just heard that. Darren Red, mm-hmm. some Bonnie Tyler. Tyler got killed in a yeah. Yeah. train. A plane hit a train. Okay, it was complicated. Yeah, and she was the only one on it. Sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. Shall we go to the next song? <laughs> even though I'm sure this isn't gonna go well. That's okay. <laughs> oh, oh, he'll know this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Parachute pants. Let's go. A wee, a wee, a wee. I don't think I know the name of this. Song. You yes, don't. you do. I don't think you so. Do by this. Who does you don't. it? It's Morris Day. Is it Morris Day? Morris Day at the time. time. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. I, yeah. How do we open this up? I mean, here we are again. I mean, Total Eclipse of the Heart. There's some. Love in there. Yeah. Oh, there's love in this of. one, too. Yeah. yeah. You don't know the name of the song, Josh? I did. I just peeked. You oh. did? Yeah. I, I could not have heard this song. You couldn't? Why don't you help him then, Josh? Yeah. Uh, I was completely lost, uh, you know. Yeah. Man, yeah. I thought these were going to be really easy. Lost in the jungle, you could yeah. say. Yeah. On it, this one. It, I, I don't think he's going to get it. All right. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a Jungle Love by the time. All right, we got one more. Is he going to get this one? I, probably not. Don, I'm, I, that's not anything against you. You just have said that the 80s weren't your thing. You didn't like yeah. the music. You're more 70s guy. But let's see if let's see if you can squeak this one out. Oh, okay. This is the rhythmics. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Coming in hot. What's it called? Oh, yeah. Uh... How'd you know that? How yeah, that was good. That? that was good. You got the grandkids there? What's well, up I'm here? Not, uh... Got the arrhythmics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe the arrhythmics started oh, late seventies. I should know the. Yeah. I mean, I would say we're we're being pretty sweet to you this afternoon. Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. these are, uh, Don. These are hints. The, yeah. yeah. The, um. Hmm. And Absolutely. I, Heidi had a bad dream. Yeah, and I did you have did, a bad dream a couple a nights dream. ago. We're being sweet to you, and Heidi had a bad dream. Mm-hmm. Bad do you dream, Don? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Absolutely bad dream. That's yeah. it. That's close. It's very close. Very close. Close enough. The opposite. It, yeah, the opposite. It's the opposite of, of bad dreams. Yeah. Close as we're gonna get. Yeah. Sweet dreams by the Arrhythmics. I say we just give Don yeah, two hundred bucks. Give him everything. Okay, and then everything. Uh, Don. Josh's laptop. Let's just come up here and get taken off. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Don, you've been fun. Uh, Connor, I'll tell you what to do next. Appreciate you. And, of course, uh, if you are in the market for a car, if you want to buy, sell, if you're looking to redo your loan, Darren can help you yes. with all that. And don't forget, HW Kia can service every make and model. I have not taken my car anywhere else but HW Kia's service department, and I'm always so thrilled with what they uh, do. Tires? Tires. They can help with that. I gotta had to have a new tire because I don't know what was wrong. I think with we've got one a special: buy three get one free. Do you really? I think that's going on right now. All really? right. Well, you can you always don't need tires. No, but I'm I'm just saying I didn't know that you guys did tires. Did you? Oh, well, oh my, my God! You've been into the service department and there's a tire. I think I put tires on the car. He just don't pay for them. Well, that's that could the funny be. part. Maybe I do them. Yeah. You just don't realize you know, which maybe gets on your I car. wouldn't be so entitled <laughs> if I wasn't if so entitled. If you didn't keep giving me everything. Oh, there, you there you go. <laughs> Spoiled. You can reach Big D, 314. Boy, is that? Listen to that, Heidi. He's blaming me. 1333. I'm never surprised by God. him. World class experience. <laughs> Giveaway artist. <laughs>
Thanks, Big D. Black Cat? No, this is Rhythm Nation. Oh, this is Rhythm Nation. Black Cat is on the Rhythm Nation album, but can you believe it's already February and there's a few things to look forward to as far as sports? The Pro Bowl is this Sunday. I do like that they've kind of mixed things up a little bit and they've got the crazy contest. I think that might be tonight, actually. It's not contact anymore, which no, is No, it's good. like flag, it's but I did see a couple hits in the... You know, they, they still... They're going to bump each other, sure. A little bit. You got Super Bowl 58 next Sunday. Tiger Woods is hosting the Genesis Invitational starting February 15th. You got the Daytona 500, February when, 18th. When is that uh, that waste management No, oh, that's tournament. not until summer. Is it, Connor? No, I think it's coming up. I thought it was in the summer, but I'll yeah. have to check. In the, sum- in the summer in Scottsdale? It's, I mean, it's, are they gonna schedule it's not that? before Augusta, I don't think. I think it's coming up. Connor's looking it up. And apparently that is like the frat party of Yeah, I thought it was after the Masters. But um lots on TVs, the Grammys are this Sunday and I did see I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw it on a couple different things. Tracy Chapman is going to sing with Luke Combs for the first time. Like she hasn't performed in front of people in years. So lots of cool. I think Joni Mitchell is going to perform for the first time. She is, um, she's getting up there and she hasn't performed in years. Tracy Chapman? No, Joni Mitchell. Oh, Joni Mitchell, yeah. Yeah. Well, she had an aneurysm. Oh, she did? Yeah, she's been, I mean, music has helped her get back. It's kind of been therapy. Wow. As far as that goes. I don't think I knew that. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm starts Sunday. Final season. Abbott Elementary is back on the 7th. Lots of uh, Young Sheldon, So Help Me Todd. American Idol kicks off a new season later this month. The Voice later this month, if you're into that. In theaters, the new spy action, Argyle, opens tomorrow. You've got the Spider-Man spinoff, Madam Web. That's why Dakota Johnson was hosting Saturday Night Live oh, okay. last weekend. Madam Bob Web. Marley, One Love, looks fantastic. And then, of course, you've got the holidays. You've got Mardi Gras. You've got Valentine's Day, President's Day. And let's not forget that today kicks off Black History Month. And I saw, uh, what is this, St. Louis restaurants, fish specials during Lent. Lent comes early. Mm-hmm. Like Lent is like not next week, but the but week the following, after. Yeah, starts it's Ash Wednesday. Almost as early as possible. But they have a bunch of places where you can get fish sandwiches uh, in St. Louis, Lions Choice, Mission Taco Joint, uh, Schlafly, The King and I. Or you just got to find that fish fry because those are the best. I was talking but to— But they're only open on Fridays. Well— You know, you want a fish sandwich on a Saturday? Well, if you're uh, partaking in Lent, do you want a fish sandwich more than one day? Maybe you do. But the fish fries are more than just the food. It's the experience. I mean, you've got St. Cecilia down in uh, South City, and it's a Mexican fish fry. I mean, the line is out the door. You go get but, a beer. Yeah. I mean, it's so much. They're making their own salsa and tamales. That's fantastic. you got St. Pius uh, on South Grand, and they use real 
China and Forks. Oh, and, they do? Oh, yeah. They've got a Irish oh, band goodness. that plays. And in years past, I don't know who's frying up the fish this year, but it was the Frying Nuns, a takeoff, the Flying Nun, Yeah, there for a while. You've got uh, other places. I know Don't that, Don't you disrespect... North County and I'm leave not, out St. Ferdinand. Fer, St. Ferdinand does their fish fry year-round. Year-round. And they will even ship. They will? Yes. It's crazy. That is one of the best, probably the biggest My buddy John in the, the entire bartender. area. John yeah. the bartender. He works at nights. Uh, he was off on a Friday. He's, I, you know, I can get up there by four. He was in line for two and a half hours oh, yeah. for us. And by the time he got back and we were all like, where the heck have you been? Uh, but it was really good. Worth the wait, especially when you don't have to be the one waiting. This is true. Knights of Columbus and Arnold fish fry tomorrow. Somebody on the text line. Already. Starts on Valentine's Day. Somebody else said the best fish sandwiches at Culver's. Now, if you're eating all this fried fish, you might have to spend an extra minute or two on the treadmill. If your New Year's resolution is to, you know, have that summer body. And the place to start or to even improve your workout is club fitness. I mean, it really offers you a little bit of everything. The um, newest club fitness, I should say, club fitness, Lake St. Louis, it is really creme de la creme because they just have this crazy state-of-the-art Panetta equipment known for its innovative design. So this is, they also have the exclusive women's training studio, which it's just a testament to club fitness commitment to providing private and empowering environments for strength and cardio workouts. And then they also, at Lake St. Louis, have the relaxation taking kind of center stage with the Hydro Lounge, which has the Hydro Massage Loungers, Aromatherapy, and the Stretch and Recovery Studio is equipped with the Cryotherapy Loungers and even Human Touch Massage Chairs. So I'm telling you. They have a little bit of everything. They have the boutique studios, if that's something you want. They have the wide open floor where you can toss tires. They have all of the cardio equipment. Then they have the smoothie bar and the dry sauna and the kids club. So really, and by the way, there's 19 area locations and each one open 24-7. So what Club Fitness has done is just take away all of those excuses and giving you uh, a chance to feel better about yourself. You can learn more about Club Fitness, clubfitness.us. How about this? Two St. Louis area rescue puppies are going to play in the Puppy Bowl on Animal Planet next weekend. Gina Roth is the executive director of Five Acres Animal Shelter in St. Charles. She joins us to tell us about Indigo. This is exciting. This is really exciting, Heidi. We are so thrilled to have a puppy on the national stage of Animal Planet's Puppy Bowl. Very exciting. Tell us about Indigo. Yeah, so Indigo came to us um, from a community member who had acquired her online and really wasn't in a position to care for a puppy, so she surrendered um, Indigo to our shelter. Uh, We quickly put Indigo in a foster home and then soon into an adopted home. Um, But we did make a big road trip across the country with her this fall. One of our team members drove with Indigo to the filming location of Puppy Bowl, um, which was a really awesome experience. And she will be um, hitting the field in a couple weeks as part of Team Ross um, on the Puppy Bowl field. 
Now, you know, the dogs do have an objective. They're not just running around. There is a game they're playing, which is kind of cute. Yeah, so their goal is to score touchdowns, and a touchdown in the Puppy Bowl is very different than the Super Bowl. Uh, Their goal is to carry a toy across the end zone line. Um, It really doesn't matter what side of the field they score on. They all count. Um, So we'll be rooting for Team Rough. They're playing Team Fluff. So um, it should be a pretty good showdown of over 100 puppies participating. And it is more than just a game. It really is about raising awareness about shelters. How many shelters are participating? Do you know? Yeah, so it's over 100 puppies from all across the country. So there's really great representation. And you're right. You know, this is a really powerful moment for shelters to encourage their community members to think of them when they're looking for a new four-legged companion. And, you know, shelters, especially in this region, in greater St. Louis, we're overwhelmed. We're all full. We need adopters to come in and welcome our wonderful animals into their homes. So we're hoping this kind of shines a spotlight on how wonderful it is to an adopt to adopt a dog from your local shelter. And I watch the Puppy Bowl every year religiously. Uh, I make it a point <laughs> to tune in because I think it really is fun. And uh, there is a... a, a a portion to it that does say, you know, go to your local shelter and get a dog. Um, but there's no way that Indigo knows what the rules are, right? Yet the people at Animal right. Planet still keep score. They do, yeah. So, you know, it's it's very entertaining, as you know, as a, as a loyal viewer of it every year. It's, it's a show of entertainment more than anything. And, you know, there's a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of tail wagging. There's even some you know, accidents that happen on the field. Uh-oh. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it's a lot of fun to watch, but also, you know, really awesome to represent all of these dogs who are adoptable at some point. So they're all shelter dogs, and that's really sort of the power behind the puppy bowl for us. Well, speaking of, Indigo isn't the only dog from our area. Sadie is a six-pound Chihuahua Yorkie mix from Washington, Missouri, also participating. Do you know if Sadie and Indigo are on the same team? They are. They're both on Team Rough, so they're representing us very well here. All right. And and I'm going to say, Indigo's 15-pounder. Indigo a lineman, then? Maybe. So Indigo is now seven months old and much bigger ah. than 15 pounds. So that was sort of the fun part. You know, they do DNA testing once they get to the Puppy Bowl. So we thought Indigo was a Chihuahua mix when she came to us, and that DNA told us she's a shepherd Pyrenees mix. So she is going to be a big, big girl. Oh my gosh. And how do you get how do you get started with Animal Planet? Was there a, a moment where you had to submit an application? Do the puppies have to be under a certain age? Yeah, that's a great question. So we submitted Indigo for consideration. They have to be, you know, between three and six months old at the time of filming. It doesn't matter their breed or their size. You know, they just have to kind of fit in that age group of a puppy um, at the time of filming. And we only submitted Indigo, so she was our only shot, and they happily accepted her, which, you know, we were very thankful and lucky for. Well, if people want to learn more about Five Acres Animal Shelter, where do they go? Yeah, please go to our website, fiveacresanimalshelter.org, or visit us. We're open every day except Monday. We have fabulous dogs and cats right now. We helped over 1,600 cats and dogs last year. So please, if you're thinking of adopting or you just want to meet some animals and and talk to an adoption counselor, come visit us, reach out. We surely have a, a wonderful pet for you. Gina Roth, thank you so much. And you can see Indigo and Sadie next Sunday on Animal Planet Puppy Bowl 20 which starts at 1 o'clock. We appreciate your time. Thank you both. 
It is really cute. Somebody on the text line, I like to watch. I like it more than football. I can't believe it's been going on for 20 years now, which is kind of crazy. And they did tape in the fall, so Gina's probably got some insider betting info. Kind of call her back. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, coming up, we got the top five at five. We've got some entertainment news, and then we'll wrap this show up with some random. So I hope you'll hang out with us for another hour here on the Big 550 KTRS. And now, and now the, the top, top five, five at five. 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 News five. from around the room. I mean, this segment just got real. We yeah. even got a official open to it and here's a, a sweet story and something maybe we could all do for the last 10 years susan volpe has embraced a scarf bombing project something she now calls her passion she first heard about scarf bombing something i'd never heard of the act of bombarding a public space with scarves for those in need during the cold winter months back in 2014 she saw it on facebook one of her friends tagged her and said uh Somebody's doing this. They're putting scarves on trees. She said, I have a friend in Connecticut who jumped on it and did it and called it a scarf bomb. So I said, somebody ought to do that here. And the friend said, well, you're somebody. She was like, yeah, well, maybe I should do that. And that's how it started. The 71-year-old retiree has been crocheting for the last five decades. And she said she was inspired by the idea that she started making scarves herself and scarf-bombed areas around Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where she lived at the time. She said she's always liked crochet, but when you crochet or knit, at some point, all of your friends, everybody in your family has an afghan, they have a scarf, and you run out of people to give things to. She says she absolutely loves putting the scarves out, especially when you get to see the reaction of some of the people, they're so appreciative. How long does it take to knit a scarf? I have no idea. But she launched the Scarf Bombardier's Facebook group in 2015, starting encouraging others to get on board. They collect scarves all year, and then they put tags on them so people know to take them. The tags tell people, if you're cold, take this. And then they try to pick areas where there's a lot of foot traffic and where there might be a need. And we go and tie them to the fences or poles or whatever seems to be appropriate bus shelters as well. Today, she and her team of volunteers make, collect, and drop off anywhere from 25 to 50 scarves per outing. And that's in at least a dozen spots from playgrounds and schools to bus shelters and churches around Pittsburgh. She estimates she makes around 400 scarves each year. The Bombardiers also receive many more scarf donations from people across the country. She plans to continue scarf bombing for the foreseeable future and absolutely recommend scarf bombing to anyone else who may be interested. She said it's great for young people like the local Girl Scout troop that joined her team. She said that there's really something that everybody can do. If you can't make them, you can go out and place them. There's something for everybody, and it's something that everybody can contribute to. I thought that was kind of a unique thing. Hmm. Scarf bombar- bombardiers. Uh-huh. How about that? Scarf bombing. Scarf bombing. And and this lady, if she really has that much time, uh, time on her hands, she should knit a wedding gown. Ah, uh, yes. Like that story we had. Yesterday. Yesterday. There's a new study out of the University of Pittsburgh. This is from their um, graduate school of business. And it looks at return to office mandates. And after the pandemic started to slow down and people started 
getting back out again, companies started saying, all right, well, it's time to come back to work. And a lot of employees balked and there was a whole thing. And what was it? Elon Musk said, if you're not here on Monday, you know, you're fired or whatever. He said, uh, five days, we're going to work six days a week in the office. You know, some, some people took it way, way too far. But they looked at 137 of America's largest corporations and found that return to office mandates did not result in significant improvements to their firm's performance. They looked at both profitability, mm-hmm. no significant improvements to profitability, having people come back to the office. They make just as much money having them work from home than work in the office. They noticed that stock prices, stock shares, didn't have effect on whether they were in office or not in office. And performance of the employees themselves, not enough of a difference to say one way or another that going back into the office raised performance than having people work from home. Now, what they did note was that as far as the employees were concerned, they had a uh, a tank in their morale levels. Mm. You know, going back to work negatively, negatively affected people's work-life balance, their values, and their views of senior management. Don't you think it depends on what type of work it is? Like, I'm thinking of an advertising agency, and that creativity, I think, really flows when you're bouncing things in the off of other people. Another. Yeah, and I think there's probably other jobs where you sit there and you don't have a conversation with the person next to you all day long and you're just head down working and maybe, okay, I see that it's not as necessary. Uh, I couldn't do this job from home. I wouldn't want to do this job from home. Well, and even when we had to during COVID, I can't see your reaction. I can't see Connor's reaction. You kind of need to feel the other person's energy. But when it comes to just regular office work for most of the employees, they looked at 137 corporations, and they came to this conclusion that there really was no boost to performance. One thing they did notice as well is that when they looked at the CEOs and the management that were requiring this, they noticed that it was mostly male CEOs, Mm. and it was mostly CEOs that made a considerable amount of money more than not only their employees, but other leadership. So they were saying the more money the CEO made, the more likely they were going to require employees come back to work. This is their study. They said that it really looked like Employers were using this as a power move over their own employees to get them to come back into the office, leverage against your own employees to to remind them who's actually in charge around here. Because I think a lot of a lot of employees said, "Well, we don't want to come back." Yeah. So forcing them to come back into the office gave but- them that power to say, "Look, who's in charge?" I'm in charge. This is their study, by the way. It's not mine. My interpretation is that these employees saw how good it was to not have to take a commute every day there and back, to be able to have a lot more family time because you're not wasting an hour Mm -hmm. in traffic 
in the morning and an hour in traffic, and and their morale is lower because they they did see, well, I actually had a better quality of life working from home. Okay, and I'm just going to be devil's advocate. I love it here. It is a job. It's work, and it's not always going to be what we want it to look like or feel like or be like. And I get that there are so many fantastic companies doing things to make the employees happier or make the work-life balance better. I get that, and I'm happy about that. But at a certain point, if you are not the boss, you're still answering to someone. If they want you in that building, then that's what you do. And if you don't like it, Go find another job. Well, there's a lot of other jobs out there that you can work from home, and it's not the same as it was um, during the Great Migration, where uh, the Great Resignation, where everyone was quitting their jobs because so many people were hiring. But remember that one story of that Fortune 500 company that wanted employees to come back to office, so they said, "Well, we're allowing them to wear jeans now," or you know, "Oh, well, we put a ping pong table in the break room." That's not what people want. People want more quality of life things, mm-hmm. like more time at home with their family. But more time at home is not balance. working. Well, that's true. But I'm not at work while I'm commuting. You know, when I worked at my office job, it would take me 45, 50 minutes to get back to Alton, which is where I was living at the time. Um, so if I didn't have to make that commute, there's an extra hour and a half every day that I'm not costing them money, and and I get to do whatever I want. So the commute's probably the biggest thing. But again, it is your company, and mm-hmm. if you want your employees back in the office, I like I like the hybrid. I like the well. It's a middle ground. You, know, you work from home Monday, Friday. If there's a big meeting, obviously you come in. But if you want to work from home on a Wednesday, just give your boss some notice. Oh, I'm going to work from home. I really got to put my head down. My wife says she works harder mm-hmm. working from home. She gets more done working from home because nobody's coming up to her desk and bothering her. I do agree <laughs> with that, but I also think it's about certain personalities. And there are certain personalities if you work even in a, you know, in an office with a you you know the people who are going to get up and visit and who are going to be last to get their deadline Uh, met if i had an office job i'd be fired right if i was working from home Mm -hmm. anyway connor uh all right josh i remember you talking about this at one point or another but the garbage situation in new york city uh they yes before now they just put out big mounds of trash in bags and then they come and pick it up by hand new york city despite popular belief has no alleys mm-hmm. so what do they do with their garbage they set it all up they the set sidewalk. it all out in the front it right yeah. on the street at least before today because today they threw a big party to unveil their new garbage truck that will be picking up garbage the dumpster and putting it in the garbage truck like every other city oh everywhere else i guess i thought it was funny that the biggest city in the country they're they're throwing this huge event for this garbage truck that you'd see everywhere else uh, you know, in the back alley there's the dumpster 
and you throw it in the dumpster. Okay. In New York, they don't have dumpsters on their streets. Right, that's, it the, would be that's an the other big part of it yeah. is that they will have dumpsters now. Well, I guess uh, is it more in of the an front. Eyes- is it more of an eyesore, eyesore than what they have now? Because right now it's yeah. just big piles of trash. Bags piled up. So I feel like the dumpster is actually an improvement. Uh, it will be in front. They said they're going to remove about 50,000 parking spots throughout the city. Mm. That's what this is going to take. Connor, you got pictures pulled up, and I remember yeah. when the news here's, first came out about this. the video this. of the truck, Heidi. It These looks, are it looks the, pretty standard. The rusty blue dumpsters that we all know, they made them look kind of nicer. For now, they're brand new. Right. Well, they also need to be smaller. That was, to be fair, them they do need to be smaller well, they need they can't, to see yeah you know over them they need to be able to navigate through city streets imagine if you're behind a dumpster and you walk out on the street and get well, hit by a bus or you something really need to be in the crosswalks and so yeah. hopefully in new york people will pay attention to that uh, uh this is all part of an effort in in a roundabout way to reduce the rat situation mm. there. Uh, the they rat said the rats are they said the trash being out is like one of the biggest oh, causes sure. for the rats, which makes sense. They said it's where they tried, they said they've had this in trial uh, neighborhoods throughout the city, and they get way less rat complaints when they do it. Mm, so maybe this will reduce the rat population. Seems like a no brainer. And if you go on the architecture tour in Chicago, which I highly recommend, I've been on it like five times. They tell you Chicago is a city of alleys, and they built that whole underground, which you can see on. Uh, the Dark Knight, the Batman movie, that whole underground section of Chicago it was built for trash. Really? So you'll never see trash on the streets in Chicago unless someone's throwing it see, on the street. I love alley walking. We call it that all the time, especially in the summer. In the summer? No, but you get to see, I mean, some of the backs of houses are as beautiful as the, the front. Yeah. And it's so, or you have the old carriage houses in my neighborhood that are so cool. How about this? Francis Howe teacher reaches Olympic trials after running first marathon. Students send him off. The band director at Barnwell Middle School is heading to the Olympic trials. He qualified for the marathon after running the event for the first time. Jared Broadbooks, he's 26 years old, ran the California International Marathon in two hours, 14 minutes, and 59 seconds. That time qualified him for Saturday's Olympic trial marathon in Orlando, Florida. So student and staff at the Francis Howe District School lined the halls to surprise him with a send-off. He had not previously done a marathon, but he was no stranger to running. He was on the Eureka High School cross-country team and ran for Lindenwood University. So he has prepared for the trials with a lot of running, including a 5 a.m. and afternoon run, combining for 15 to 20 miles a day. So best of luck to Jared Broadbrooks. You know, we ask this every time the Olympic comes up. Which event do you think you could actually, like if you worked – Every weekend, nights, weekends, training, Mm -hmm. which event do you think a normal person could enter? I don't know that many of these are normal. I'd say probably curling. Oh, yeah, curling. Yeah, curling. In the scheme of things. Because, like, when it comes to, uh, like, uh, the 100-meter dash, you're either fast or you're not. I mean, there's certain things that you can do to get faster, but I'm not going to be winning. The 100 meter, yeah. no matter what I do. We aren't built for that. Mm-mm. But a marathon, you know, I think a normal person could maybe work their way up to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you ever seen this one? The speed walking. Yeah. 
That's my favorite. I mean, didn't we have this conversation already where you thought you could walk from your house oh, yeah. to St. No, no, no. and you still haven't yeah. started walking? From the arch to my house in It's pretty much a, exactly a marathon. It's almost 26 miles. Walk 26 miles. It's, yeah, it's, it's almost a marathon. 10 hours. I don't think everybody, and I'm saying body, your body, my body, we're not built the same way. You start running and all of a sudden you have different ligaments and you it, maybe it's your hips or I I think it's more than what you think it is. You think I'd pull something? I know you would if you just started now. <laughs> just by walking? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I I said I was going to do this, but it's right when the when the time change flipped over, there's not enough daylight. I might do this this summer. Okay. When I can start at 9 and end at 9 and it'll still be light out. So I might I might do this. Connor put it back on the big board. Josh walks from the arch to St. Charles. Um, The Baltimore Orioles is now just the latest sports franchise that has announced that they are selling. There's a private equity billionaire, David Rubenstein, who has agreed to buy the Orioles $1.73 billion. And he will be the controlling owner and then after uh, the patriarch of the Angelos family, Peter Angelos, who bought the team in 1993 for $40 million when he finally passes away. He's 94. He's been ill. The family has said this is we're going to wait to confirm the sale until after dad has passed. Once he passes away, they will transfer full ownership over to this new group. $1.73 billion for the Baltimore Orioles. Is that a good price? I mean, this guy bought them for $40 million in 1993. How many years is that? It's like it's 31, right? What kind of return can you get on your investment like that over 30 years? It's probably not out, a lot out there for you. But it's the eighth major North American sports team that has been sold in the past 19 months. Hmm. In order of the the highest spent, and one of them was a record price. The Ottawa Senators sold for a billion dollars last year. The Orioles, $1.7 billion. The Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, $3 billion, which I believe Michael Jordan got a big oh. chunk of change for that. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee Bucks just sold last year for $3.5 billion. The Dallas Mavericks, remember Mark Cuban said he was moving – Controlling interest in the Mavericks, three and a half. The Phoenix Suns, $4 billion. A lot of basketball teams. The Denver Broncos, $4.7 billion in 2022. And just last year, the Washington Commanders were forced to sell because their owner was objectively pretty terrible. Record price, $6.1 billion. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So if you've always wanted to own a sports team, I guess look to hockey and baseball, because if your your lowest price, the Charlotte Hornets, which who's seen them in the playoffs lately, they were three billion, and they're probably one of the lowest in the NBA. Mm. So, for all you billionaires out there, if you really want to get a deal, buy a baseball team. You know what? I would uh, rather just go on great vacations than to buy a professional sports team, and one of 
the things that are on my list is Alaska. I've heard from so many people it's one of the best trips they've ever taken. I haven't done it yet. I'm hoping that we can do a family trip. But Altair Travel, and actually when I was talking to Haley, she said she would go to uh, Alaska over and over again because there's just so much to see, so much to do. And they're doing, and you're invited, Winter On Stage Alaska event. It's coming up man- Monday, February 12th. So Altair Travel and Cruises and then Holland America Line, they work together to bring you this fantastic like presentation. They'll show videos and they'll inform you. You can ask all the questions that you want because it's super interactive. But they'll cover the, the nature and wildlife and the cruise and the the options, the land excursions, the ports and shore. And you can register now com. The other thing that I wanted to mention, I just realized that uh, through February 25th, Altair Travel and Cruises is donating $50 from each new trip booked to the Backstoppers, which we love the Backstoppers here. We just we had do. the Radiothon. And so not only will you plan a fantastic vacation, but you're also helping a fantastic organization. Altair Travel, I mean, there's so many reasons that it's good to turn to them. But one, they are the professionals. They have all of these vendors. They can save you money because they know the deals. They know the best places to go. And it's not just you book your trip with them and you're done. They're going to follow through the whole trip. So if something goes wrong, you can always have them at your fingertips. You just give them a call. AltairTravel.com. It's really, once you travel with Altair You're never going to go back and do it yourself because they just make everything so easy. All you do is then make the memories and get excited. 314-968-9600 or altairtravel.com. Let's talk a little entertainment news. Margot Robbie seems to be a lot less concerned about her Barbie Oscar snub for Best Actress than everyone else. She says... There's no way to feel sad when you know you're this blessed. Obviously, I think Greta Gerwig should be nominated as a director because what she did is a once-in-a-career, once-in-a-lifetime thing. But it's been an incredible year for all the films. We set out to do something that would shift culture, affect culture, just make some sort of impact, and it's already done that in some way more than we ever dreamed it would. And that is truly the biggest reward that could come out of this. I mean, That is a very... Diplomatic, well, but that's true. I think. Yeah. I mean, it is really cool, and they did accomplish what they. I bet if you would have asked them five years ago when they started this process, did they think it would be nominated for Academy Awards? Probably not. They were probably just going box office. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Would you rather make a billion dollars at the box office or have an Oscar? Mm. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Take, you would rather have the billion dollars. Take the money. I don't know. I like you the can, Oscar. You can buy someone else's Oscar. That's then not you, the then same. Then you can buy the, uh, <laughs> the hockey team. He's always yeah. Yeah. I don't dream. know. Taylor Swift tops this year's Billboard Power 100 list. It's her first time at number one and only the second time an artist has held that position. Beyonce and Jay-Z shared it in 2014. The rest of the top 40 made up entirely of industry execs. And Taylor has a message for them. She said, quote, The biggest crossroads moments of my career came down to sticking to my instincts when my ideas were looked at with skepticism. 
when someone says to me, but that has never been done successfully before, it fires me up. We have to take strategic risk every day in this industry, but every once in a while, you have to really trust your gut and take a flying leap. Mm. So it's been 16 years, and John Hamm and Dak Shepard are still what? talking about the role they did not get. What did they- when have they ever crossed paths? They apparently both auditioned for the bratty younger brother, Derek, in Will Ferrell and John C. Riley's classic comedy, Step Brothers. Oh, the guy from uh, the Parks and Rec guy. Yep. It. Adam Scott, right? The two recalled their respective failed auditions on the most recent episode of Armchair Expert. Uh, and John Hamm says he was in the waiting room with Adam Scott, who... Ultimately, as you said, got the role. And Rob Riggle, who later landed the role of Derek's best friend, Randy, when he overheard Riggle's audition and realized he needed to step up his game. He said he could hear Riggle going full Riggle in the room. I'm literally like, he's going to break through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. He's such a big choice guy. I'm like, I got to go 180 from that. I just whispered it and did not get the part. Huh. I think it's always interesting who auditioned for what and... Richard Simmons is turning his unpleasant experiences into some wisdom in a Facebook post Tuesday. Of course, you don't miss the fitness personality next exercise enthusiast enthusiast reflected on his life story while sending a positive message. He said, for as long as I can remember, people have made fun of me. People still to this day make fun of me. But you know what? I'm glad to be me and you should be glad that you are you. I I mean, when he was on Letterman, was Dave making fun of him? Or was he laughing with Richard or at Richard? I think he's been a punchline. For a long time. For a long time. But I think that this is a reminder that even if you lean into that punchline, it still hurts. I think he probably disappeared from the public eye, maybe because he's getting older. He maybe can't do the videos anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's just sick of being the punchline. The punchline. Yeah. Reba McIntyre is getting her own sitcom again. More than 20 years after Reba, the still untitled pilot will follow her as she inherits a restaurant from her late father. Now, I'm more interested in this. Martha Stewart's former inmates recall how she smuggled food to no, bake for stop. them <laughs> in the new docu-series. Her former fellow inmates recalled her prison duties. Like, yes, Martha had to scrub the toilets. This is a new CNN miniseries, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart. It explores all the ups and downs of her life. The first two episodes uh, are on demand now. They'll also replay on Saturday at 8 on CNN. The last two episodes will then premiere on Sunday at 8. Don't you think that'd be good? Wasn't there a scene in Goodfellas where Paulie was making them pasta sauce while they were all in lockup? They were getting preferential treatment. And there's a scene in The Godfather where Paulie again. Yeah. Maybe it was Clemenza. Was in making Goodfellas, pasta. right? They say you got to slice the garlic with the razor blade. Yeah. You get a thin Yeah, cuz you thin can't get slice. knives in prison. Uh, so crazy. But I'm I'm interested. I might have to watch. Alec Baldwin has pleaded not guilty to those new rush charges. Kelly Clarkson says she was pre-diabetic before she lost all of that weight. That's kind of what uh pushed her to get healthy. Sec Seth MacFarlane says Family Guy is still thriving and surviving. No end in sight. Wait, wait, wait. 
that's a cartoon show. Yes. Seth MacFarlane does most of the voices. Mm-hmm. But what, Connor, what did you tell me the other day? Uh, apparently, he's barely involved with the actual writing of the show at this point. Oh, really? He does a lot of the voices. But, but he's uh, not... Yeah, much like, more think, hands-off now than he used to be. I feel like back in the day, did he draw them himself? I think I he think started and did on, everything. Yes. Yeah, but Which, now he's so, talk about a talented guy. I mean, he can sing, he can dance, he can, dance. He, can, he, can he can do everything. And he's probably voicing that bear in the in the Ted prequel. Yeah, yeah, I guess he is. Right, mm-hmm. that's his character. Yeah, it's been two years since Keith Urban released new music, but the wait is over. Tomorrow he's dropping a new song called Straight Line, and finally some. Celebrity celebrating a birthday today. Harry Styles is 30. Jason Isbell is 45. And Polly Shore. Oh, speaking of Richard Simmons. Is 56. That's your evening entertainment report here on the Big 550 KTRS. Do you have any interest in seeing that movie? Uh, I mean, have you seen the stills of Polly Shore dressed up as Richard Simmons? I mean, I think it would be interesting because I think that we probably don't know a lot about Richard Simmons. And I will say, he came. I don't. I don't know if I was an intern at the time. He came into Channel 5 and was lovely. Lovely? Was, yeah. Was he, he wearing was, the shorts? He was. I mean, that was his uniform. Yeah, he took pictures with everybody. <laughs> has anyone ever seen Richard Simmons in pants? In anything but? <laughs> I don't know. Here's what I do know is anyone you encounter at Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, I've never met anybody that spent any time there with a child that doesn't have great things to say about it. And I can say that about my own cousin, godchild, because Soph was there for nine weeks. And it really was just a, I mean, it's a hard time. Nobody wants to be there. But if you have to be at a children's hospital, SSM Health Cardinal Glennon does everything that they can do to make it the best possible situation. They go out of their way. I'm talking about nurses and doctors and all of the staff really work to make you feel as comfortable. I mean, they have created different rooms, like a little small arcade, so that siblings of the patient can come in and spend time with, you know, their brother or sister and look forward to do something. They have all kinds of games. They have little library nooks where patients can get out of their room and kind of see something else. They've got you know, all of these special things. I remember also when a kid came in for radiation, when they got done, they gave them like a couple of different toys. There's so many things that if you haven't experienced it, you don't understand. But there are hundreds of things that SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital does differently. And one of the reasons they can do that is because of the Cardinal Glennon Children's Foundation. If you are ever looking for a place to donate or you know, just learn more. Glennon.org. They actually have Glennon Live coming up April 6th at Shavitz Arena. This is the second year for it. And it's basically a fantastic night, a one-of-a-kind entertainment experience that celebrates the patients and families and caregivers of Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. But then they also have an exclusive concert. And this year that features Zach Brown Band. Again, you can learn more. Glennon.org. This is a good 80s song. Oh, yeah. I like the music from the 80s, but that's kind of where I grew up. Those are the songs that, you know, were being played on my tape recorder. Did I tell you I subscribed to one of these Time Life 
CDs. <gasps> no. And it was the best of the 80s. And they went through all 10 years. And then you started getting bonuses. And then I had to cut it off because my mom was like, who's paying for all this? Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, but it's, oh. And some of the deep cuts that you forgot. I have one of those uh, solid gold, and it's like vinyl, but they're the songs, and they're being covered by somebody. They're not the original artist. Oh, really? It's kind of like, ugh. One of the deep cuts from the 80s that I really like is uh, Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's Amy Mann's band before she went solo. Uh, and then I think if I was going to buy another one, I see this all the time at night, is uh, the solid gold AM hits of the 70s. Like Time in a Bottle by Jim Croce and a lot of that, like yeah. bread. Oh, yeah. Bread. They call him calling wildfire. Song about that guy's horse. Anyway, do you have dimples, Heidi? I do have one. You do, you've do. got one. Which, what? Or here uh, somewhere. Yeah. Now, with my face being a little fuller, <laughs> well, you might not see it as often. There's a new thing called dimple plasties, and it's the hottest new plastic surgery trend. For 1500 bucks at the minimum, you can get permanent cosmetic surgery to give you dimples. Uh, what? One of the plastic surgeons say that dimples have long been a symbol of our youth. Just look to Shirley Temple as the poster yeah. child of dimples. And women or men that want to retain that, that youthful look can go and get a dimple plasty. There was a 34 your old chef in L.A., male, who got the dimple plasty because he only had one dimple. And he wanted two. And for, he's 34 years old. His whole life, he's always been self-conscious because he felt his face was off-center. Now that, I, and I'm not judging anybody, but that has never even crossed my mind that you have one dimple and not two. And uh, that's interesting. Uh, only 20 to 30% of adults have naturally pitted cheeks. And there's a chance of them disappearing as you age because of the loss of the fat in your face that goes along with aging. So uh, we'll see if Heidi's got that dimple tomorrow. Yeah, we will see. One day older. (laughs) All right, let's wrap this Thursday up with a random or two. The game Twister became popular after being featured on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. It was played by Johnny and Ava Gabor on May 3rd, 1966. Have you seen Really? You watch these old episodes uh-huh. of Carson from time to time. I have to keep an eye out for that episode. Children are banned from living in Sun City, Arizona because they take being retired very seriously. <laughs> Kids are allowed to visit their grandparents, but only for nine days max. That's interesting. And Django Unchained in 2012, it was the last, it was Leonardo's first movie in 16 years where he didn't have top billing. Oh. It was Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, and Leo DiCaprio. Alright, with that, we say thank you so much for hanging out with us. Have a fantastic night, and hopefully you'll come back tomorrow and join us for another three hours of fun. Until then, see if you can put a smile on somebody's face. Whatever gets you through the